Good. I've really enjoyed our time as a church recently of hosting Kevin Beeson, uh, having him come over from the States to join with us. And he really enjoyed his time with us here as well. He was inspired by what we do here, and he wanted to share some of the things that he was going to take away um, to his home church uh, with me. And so we, we were having this discussion, and he said about the, um, the stuff we do with Open Door, this joined-up thinking, this engagement with other agencies, and wanting to really help people in an effective and practical way is something that's really resonated with him because they've done some bits and bobs here and there, and he was just saying, you know, it's amazing. I really want to do that. And so that's, that's fantastic. We do do a fair amount as a church. Uh, we have always sought to punch above our weight, you know, to, to do the things that a, ch- a church of 150 people might be expected to do, um, but the church of, church, church of 50 uh, regular attenders, you know, not expected to do because there's only 50 of you so you know calm down and um, but no we want to be able to do those things and have an impact have an effect on the community excited about what we do do when we are a church of 150 yeah okay good now i have a thing that is going to come up on there so if you can't see that can you is that about right yeah Katrina's like, no. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, I do have a little video clip that I want to uh, show in a moment, so hopefully um, you'll be able to see that. But if someone... Thanks, Joel. Over by the lights, ready. That's fantastic. Before we get into Show Me the Money, the talk on giving, I just want to invite you, if you are burdened, by a thespian side that doesn't get a regular outing. If you are a closet dramatist, if you are a show-off but no one knows it, or if people do, like me, um, then I, I implore you to get involved in this year's Christmas shenanigans, which is going to be on Christmas Eve. If you are around on Christmas Eve and you want to be involved in a dramatic um, thing that we are doing. Uh, what, what we've got this year is a, pretty much a series of monologues, so you need to, you need to be able to have um, well, a good memory for chunks of text, um, and uh, you need to be willing to stand on stage alone and own it. Yeah? Uh, if that's you, I'm not selling it very well, but if that is you, then it probably is resonating with you, and you're like, yeah, I can do that. Then come and see me. I only need five people in total. Okay, so uh, don't all come at once, but see me afterwards. That'd be fantastic because we want to do these things and we want to do. uh, We've got carols on the meadow, which we're doing joint with other churches and and getting people involved as something that we do in the town, showing unity, but also saying, let's sing praise to God, the king um, at this wonderful time. And so, yeah, get involved. Good. Now. It might feel like, oh no, not another preach on money. But you know what? I checked. And the last time I preached on giving and on the subject of money was January 2015. So I've let you off for two and a half years. Uh, So we don't do this all the time. 
And if you're visiting here, there are some unfamiliar faces. If you're visiting here, this isn't a case of, um, welcome to the church, hand us your wallet. We are very low-key on purpose about, um, about our giving. We're very low-key about the pressure to give. There's a blue box at the back that doesn't get a mention you know, week to week, you might have noticed there is nothing passed around. There's no, there's no bowl as you leave. There's a blue box at the back if you want to, if you feel led to give. And that's on purpose. So, yeah, January the 30th, 2015, it was quite a good talk, actually. I was, I was tempted just to play it. Um, but, you know, where would be the effort in that? So, normally on this kind of talk, I'd be saying things like, you can tell uh, where someone's priorities lie by checking their their bank balance, you know, what are the regular outgoings, there's your priority. Or if I was a prosperity preacher, I'd be saying, the more you give, the more you will receive. Give us your money because then you'll receive four times, ten times, a hundred times over, and I'll have verses to back it up. It's not this morning, I'm afraid. If you were hoping for that, that's not what you're going to get. There are twistings of scripture that that people give others for their own financial gain. Because, of course, step one in that is you giving to me. And that's, you know, people have made whole, whole careers on if you give to me, God will give to you. And everyone goes, who are you giving to? No, it doesn't apply to me. I'm just going to, I'm here to receive. Yes, I'm here to receive. So... I'm not going to hopefully twist scripture to my own end, and for that we can all be grateful. Today is a positive encouragement that God is blessing us and encouraging us to respond to him with all that we are and all that we have. I'm not going to ask you for 10%. I'm going to ask you for 100%. Not to give to me. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to encourage you to give 100%. First off, let's watch a little story. Ellen DeGeneres, um, surname's generous, nearly. Um, So she does a slot on her regular talk show where she finds people who have shown amazing capacity uh, for generosity and then blesses them, spoiler alert. Um, But there's something interesting in this one that I want to show you. You might want to turn the AV laptop that's right. Rubbish intro. You don't need this bit. You're really, your story is great. So you live in Chicago, and you were coming home from a Bears game, yes. right? Okay, so tell everyone what happened. Okay, so I was coming home from the Bears game, and we were trying to hurry to our train because I'm really last second. I always do that. Oh, it's bad. Um, but we're hurrying, hurrying, and I see a homeless woman, and... I passed her. I crossed the street and I stopped and I grabbed my husband and I said, listen, I'm about to do something crazy. I can't explain it, but I need to give this woman my boots. He's like, okay, crazy. And so it's it's cold outside. Yeah, it's freezing. Freezing. And she didn't want to talk at first. I kind of had to make her feel like I was a safe person. And we began to connect with one another. And it was really special. And we only had a few moments together. um, But I told her, I had seen her sign once I got back across the street and it said that she needed warm clothes and she needed some winter boots and I could just see it in her eyes. She was so thankful and she started to cry and I said, I want to give you my boots too. I'm just going to sit down right next to you um, and 
So I took them off. And you both and had the same them. size. Yes. Best. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked her and I thought, this is real. I believe that, you know, like right place, right time, timing. Yeah. And this was that moment. Yeah. So I said, you know, Amy, I hope you have a great year. I hope you stay warm and I hope things turn around for you. And she said, but what about your feet? You know, I don't want your feet to be cold. Can I give you my old boots? And it gives me the chills, like even just talking about right now, I, I don't know how to not be emotional about it because that's an emotional thing. She, yeah. she gave me her only Yeah, thing. that she was now concerned about you. She wasn't just taking the boots, so yes. she gave you hers. You put them on. Um, but this is, uh, this is not the only act of kindness. You, uh, every Christmas Eve, you drop off cookies for the local fire department. You drop off veggie trays to nurses and doctors working in the ER. Valentine's Day, you drop off cards and flowers to the widows uh, of the church you go to. Your father's a teacher. One of his students had to go to the ER. Um, parents couldn't go, so you went to the ER and held her hand for three hours. During the holidays and school year, you help organize uh, donations for 30 kids whose parents are incarcerated. Um, you're really a, an incredible uh, young woman. I mean, really, I admire what you do. And um, I thought I would give you my boots. You know, I have a clothing line and a lifestyle. It's, it's Ed by Ellen. And so I thought I would give you um, my shoes. They're your size, exactly. Awesome. We're the same size. And, uh, and I always keep my money in it. So I have $10,000 uh, to... Now, here's what I want. <laughs> All right. Because Shutterfly wants to help you spread life's joy. And what we want with this $10,000, I want you to find 10 friends. I want you to give them $1,000. I want you to tell them to, to pay it forward, to find something to do good with that. And then in my other shoe is the $10,000 for you. Oh. All right? This story, when I say be kind to one another, I really mean it. I think we, we, I'm not just saying it at the end of the show. I want everybody to start a kindness campaign. I want to encourage all my viewers to do simple acts like Kelly did. If you see someone doing something good, let us know about it. Post it on social media and use the hashtag be kind to one another. It could be big. It can be small. It doesn't matter as long as it's kind. I really think we need this out in the world right now. So please do that, everybody. We'll be right back. story of generosity just blows me away. Um, the, this lady gave away her boots, which were her only possession. Because the real hero in this story is the homeless lady, for me, who's just received a pair of boots. She's now got a spare pair. Do you understand how cool that is? Because if your boots get wet, you can go to your other boots and still have dry feet. If your boots break, you can go to your spare pair and you've got boots on still. But that wasn't her concern. She didn't think, I've now got a spare pair. This lady thought, but what about your feet? I've got a spare pair. I can give them to you. She gave her 100% of her disposable income. She gave her what she had. She gave her her spare pair. And so uh, she didn't get, you know, 20 grand off Shutterfly or whatever. Um, but she, she got her boots, and then she gave away the boots that became spare. And that was fantastic. She went from having one pair to two pairs and right back to having one pair because she knew that 
the fruit of her increase was able to be blessing, a blessing for someone else. So that's awesome. And uh, this video is often used to sort of encourage random acts of kindness or acts of generosity. Um, but I think that, that cheapens it slightly um, because the hero being the, the lady who gets rewarded at the end and, oh, great, you know, she's the, the lady who got rewarded is up £10,000. That's amazing. So give and then you receive loads back. Uh, it didn't cost Ellen anything. It was her clothing line she was advertising and then Shutterfly sponsored the cash donation. You know, didn't cost her anything. So, you know, everyone's, everyone's up. Everyone's happy. That's fine. But I feel it cheapens the, the idea of giving without expecting a material reward straight back. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Now, in all of this, I am not saying that having money makes you a bad person by any means or that you can't give out of your wealth. There's, there's plenty of principles um, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm siding with Jesus, really, when he gave examples of uh, generosity and the most generous person he ever pointed out was the widow with the two coins that was 100% of everything she had. And he said, you know, guys, look at that. This lady is giving everything. There are no trumpets, no fanfare. No one's going to open the offering box and go, wow, check that out. Look what we've received. 100% of someone's, you know, available money. No, it just looked like two copper coins. And so, you know, I'm with Jesus on this one. Um, So we'll let these stories sit with us and we'll, we'll have a look at some Bible Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I love the the way the rich men threw in their money. Uh, But the lady, you know, put them in. And you can probably sense the, the angst or the moment of commitment where she had to put those in. There was no throwing about it because you want to be careful with everything you've got. And so she carefully put them in, a decision made. So I do want to be totally honest this morning. Uh, this is not unlike a Sunday morning. I, I'm not saying, you know, in, in, <laughs> in a change from the norm, I'm going to be honest. But in the change from what you might normally encounter in a preach about money, I'm, I'm actually going to give you some numbers. Never to blow my own trumpet, but just to talk about examples in my life and to talk about um, the, the rules um, that I live my life by. So if you think it's totally rude to be talking about money, um, then I'm sorry, I will offend you. Um, if you think that actually it's going to be quite interesting, then come on board. We're going to have a bit of a ride. And so, yeah, this be interesting. might be a bit of a shock. 
That's not my balance sheet. It's just a blurry picture for you to look at whilst I talk some numbers. So I earn this year, um, I've, I've got a new job, which is really cool. Uh, Shaftesbury School made me an offer I couldn't refuse to go back there, having had two years away from them. They realised they couldn't do without me. Um, plus, I really wanted to be there. Um, and so they said, you know, come back and uh, here, have a pay rise. And I said, thanks very much. So I'm getting about £43,000 uh, per year from them, which is, which is awesome. That's the most I've, I've ever been on. And many of you know that I have a little business on the side, Heart Sports. Um, doesn't give me anything. No money comes from that one at all. It's still paying off its setup costs. So um, I'd, I'd love to be able to say, yeah, that's now worth two million. And, and so, but it's not. It's worth about 2p. Um, so that's, it's still good fun, though. So that's good fun. Um, and Jules does her Moon Music sessions, and we get a couple of hundred a month from that, which is awesome. And she also gets paid by the church for her time as well, meaning that actually we take home, after taxes and stuff, just over 3000 a month. And then the first day of the month comes across, and all hell breaks loose. All the standing orders and all the direct debits that we've set up to come out on the first. And uh, that, that all happens, and money gets moved, and we're left with £7.50. Um, honestly, the, you know, in the budget spreadsheet, all the movements happen, and, and £7.50 is the surplus. We never seem to be able to save that £7.50. <laughs> it always goes. And so one of the, th- the, or the first thing that comes out is our 10% tithe to GCC. So £330 a month goes off to GCC. Because it's something that Jules and I have always done. Now, we pay 10% of our received money. Lots of people online, people get militant about this online. Are you tithing after tax? After tax, you are robbing God of what's it? What? Okay, come on. I'm not going to give you rules to live by. I'm going to share the rules that I have. And we've decided, actually, we're going to tithe the money that we receive. So it gets taxed first. I give to Caesar what is his. And then the money that we receive, we give 10% of that. Not 10% of our gross. Interesting. And so it is gross. Now, a tax man gets his bit, you know, and then what we receive, I, I give to, give to uh, we give 10%. So I was brought up to understand uh, 10% of your earnings should go to the church as a child. And um, so as a child, my paper round that I, I first had as my first job, I got £8 a week. £8 a week. And I used to, every week, get, to the, get, get my pay packet. And it would always be a £5 note and three £1 coins. And so £1 would go into the Impact Asia a charity jar that we had upstairs in the bedroom. Okay? I wouldn't wait until I, there's no one around. I wouldn't wait until there was someone around. Just, you know, it was a regular thing. Got paid, a pound goes in. And the best week ever was when I went to pick up my bag from the newspaper shop, and the guy said to me, giving you a pay rise. Nine pounds a week now. Nine pounds a week. And, double whammy, we're going to take off the longest road that you do off your route. We're going to give it to someone else. Thank you for your service. I was like, oh, oh, that's amazing. I've got a shorter route and I'm getting more money. So, you know, that was a good day. Um, 
And Jules can tell uh, stories about how she would, you know, have her coins ready for when, when the, the offering bowl came around at church and always had that ready to give because, you know, it's a good habit to get into. If you're a parent of a, of a child, um, obviously if you're a parent, you would be a child. I encourage you to start this early, to talk about giving, to share what, what you do and to model good behavior and, and to, you know, encourage them to get into this, this good habit. Um, a quote I've got later, I might, it'll come up later, uh, from uh, J.D. Rockefeller said, if I wasn't able to tithe in, the, when my, uh, in my first job, I wouldn't be able to tithe in my first millions. You know, if I wasn't able to tithe when every penny counted, then I wouldn't have been able to tithe when... He had plenty and plenty. And often we can say, look, this is fine. I, I just need some time. I'll sort my finances out. When, I'm, when I've got more money, then I'll be able to give, you know, give to God. Let's, let's just sort this out. God doesn't need your money. Okay? Now, you might say, well, you know, the church needs the money. Well, yeah, the church, we, we're grateful for, for the contributions of the people who give regularly. As Han said, we are so grateful for the regular contributions from people. And we're grateful for all the grants that, re- that we receive uh, from organizations who uh, offer money out to people. And, and we, we apply for these grants. It takes, it takes work to do so. And we receive um, donations from that as well. We're grateful also for, for gift aid. And if you give regularly and you don't do gift aid, you know, please do. It adds 25 pence in every pound that you give. So it makes a real difference to us. But most people do. And we're grateful for that. And that's really good. But where your treasure is, there your heart is also, is often used when we're talking about giving. And I, I say that if I was to major on that one, we're going to come away from this preach feeling fairly guilty. And that is not my heart. In fact, as I alluded to earlier, in my research for this, my research for this took me, took me to some dark places on the internet, some, some militant, some um, very passionate places about this. And so many people saying, look, I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> yeah." like I said earlier, equating uh, tithing after tax to theft from God. Why would we deprive God of the opportunity to work miracles in our finances? We always give until we, are, we have less than we need so that we can give God opportunity to, to work a miracle every month. You know, people are saying this as an example. And there's this balance of stewardship being responsible with being honorable. Okay? And so we, I'm not going to promise, as I say, that the more you sow, the more you'll receive. Um, but as I said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the whole world and all who live in it. And this is key for us today. The earth is the Lord's and most of the stuff that, you know, kind of mills around about. No, everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's not just about souls, it's not just about people, but it's everything in it. 
the world and all who live in it. And God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal in the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. God says, you've got your stuff. I don't need it. I want you. And our tithing, our gifts, our giving, our wallets are an indicator of our response to that. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you from who you have received, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. You don't even belong to you anymore. You were bought at a price. Jesus paid the full price. So I'm not generously giving 10% of, of my income. No, no, no. I am quite gratefully, thankfully, joyfully keeping 90% of what I believe God has given me every single month. And that, to me, is an absolute joy and a privilege. You know, if God wants to build this church, or his church, capital C, he can do so without our money. I honestly believe that each of our contributions have the same effect as the widow's two coins when uh, we're putting it into a bowl. It is more to do with us than it is to do with the overall finances. And, you know, the trustees amongst us are wincing every time I keep saying we don't need your money. Uh, but, um, you know, it's helpful. Um, so we've got to balance those things. So I honestly believe that to do good in his name, we do need some money, and it's a tool that we, that we need to use. If you go to church, then I say give to church. It's a great, great tool for, for God's use on earth, for sure. Um, Bill Hybels is quoted as saying, the local church is the hope of the world which is great because we can join with local churches everywhere in impacting the place where we are at. It's just like if we take it even smaller, you are the best person to witness to your friends. The best person, okay? Because you have contact with them. I don't know your friends, um, for which you're probably grateful. Those who go to church should give to that church because it's the best expression of giving to God where you are. If it isn't, if you don't trust the church with your money, then we've got some issues that need sorting out, okay? Either with your relationship with the church or if you've seen some historical, you know, financial misgivings or on ongoings that you just want to, um, you want to confront, then please do so because there needs to be a, a trusting relationship that actually it would be so heartbreaking, wouldn't it, to say, this, Father God, is a sacrifice to give this. You know, it, it, it's, um, it's not easy for me to do. And then for you to see it being wasted, just, it, you know, it's heartbreaking. Because each pound earned is, you know, is an hour spent. You know, it's, it's our time. It, it, it does involve a personal investment. And so, you know, if it's a real problem, then other churches might, um, might want to, you know, welcome you. Now, you don't have to give 
But instead, as I say, God invites you to keep as much of it as you want. I had an evening with, uh, with Rich and James and Joel and uh, Kevin Beeson. Uh, we got together and we had some food and we were talking about, about giving because, you know, I was doing research for this preach. And so or it just came up in conversation, one or the other. You don't feel manipulated, do you? Sorry. Um, Rich, can I give your example about um, trip to Romania? Thanks very much. Um, <clears throat> Rich went on a mission trip to Romania, um, how many years ago now? Five, Five years ago. And uh, did some fundraising for it. And towards the end of the fundraising was £23 short of his, uh, his fundraising target. And I had a conversation with someone, just got chatting as well. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this thing, going to R- Romania. Um, my understanding is didn't talk about the fundraising particularly, but they just wanted to give towards that. Um, you know, what have I got on me? Oh, I've got 20 pounds. Oh, I've got some coins. I've got 23 pounds. Here, have 23 pounds. Um, and I love those ones where the numbers match up because not only has his fundraising target just been met, but God has just said to Rich, I'm with you in this. Here's some encouragement. You take me with you because this shows you that, you know, I'm here. I'm in this. And that's fantastic. And how often do you hear stories of £19.57 was missing from this thing and £19.58 came through the door. Praise the Lord for his penny, you know, um, in addition to what I needed. Just those stories are fantastic. And Jules and I, we have been blessed with timely gifts from other people. Um, I made the outrageous decision to leave teaching, as I say, two years ago and left Shaftesbury School and started to do things sort of independently, um, most of which didn't you know, result in me earning money. Um, but I was very busy. And, uh, and my, my brother knew about the adventure we were on, but we never, Jules and I never talked about you know, things being a lot harder financially. But my brother just felt prompted. Uh, he and his wife had been talking, and they said, you know, well, let's give, give Pete and Jules 500 pounds. Just pop it in their bank account. They've got our account details because, you know, money swaps during birthdays a lot, doesn't it? And they just said, check your account. Um, enjoy. And it's just like, oh, that is so timely. That is, that's incredible. That, that got us through this, this sticky patch uh, without needing to, you know, go into debt or take extra credit or anything. It was, it was perfect. And we have been on the receiving end of timely gifts. And we've had the joy and privilege and honor of being able to give gifts as well. We've been able to, you know, stick cash in an envelope and stick it through someone's door. We've been able to pay for someone's uh, food or, you know, um, or meals or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's really, it's a joy. And that's outside of our regular tithe. And you know, we, we don't do it as much as we, we possibly could. But it's so good to be able to do. Yeah? Okay. So I've got to, I'm going to uh, sort of wrap things up with some encouragements and a tiny weenie font. Uh, there's a light grey on a dark grey background that everyone at the back is uh, not able to see. But don't worry, I'll read them. <clears throat> so encouragement number one says, be thankful for what you have. Which is kind of a warning to steer clear of thinking that God owes you something for what you've given. No matter how much you give back to him, you're not going to give him more than 100% 
of what's already his. God owes you nothing. God has given you everything. So we need to always be indebted to him. Be thankful. Be grateful. And that's the core message today. Be thankful. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We get to play in that. That's amazing. Jesus has bought you at the price that cost him everything. Please note that Jesus did not give 10% of his blood on the cross. Jesus gave his whole self. He died for us. Encouragement number two says, uh, give from your wallet and your watch. The two are the most important things to us, are they not? As we go through life, our time and our money seem to occupy our thoughts, uh, our thought space a lot. What am I going to do with or where do I get my next from? And for, for me, often, it's the time thing. Where do I get my next rest bite from? Thankfully, being a teacher, I can't complain. 13 weeks holiday a year. Um, but, you know, there are seasons of absolute busyness where I crawl through by my fingernails, having had four hours of sleep per night for the last week. And I get to the end of it and I go, it's the weekend. Yeah. And then I, I wake up and we go again. And so, um, you know, time is an interesting thing. How can I give you, God, what is honorable to you? Please inspire me. And it's a conversation for you to have personally with God. And you're nearly guaranteed not to see that money again. The anti-prosperity preacher. You give to me today and I will make sure that that money gets used wisely and you don't get to see um, it. So <laughs> it's, it's not a case of you will receive a hundred or you know, a thousand times the cash back. It's not a cash back scheme. But... You will receive what you sow. You will receive. Okay, you will receive. You'll give it generously, and I'm sure that you will receive generosity. Haven't we already received generosity from God? And it's a hard one. My my warning, I guess, you're nearly guaranteed not to see that money again. Is the encouragement. My warning is, don't invest this money. And I've. I've had conversations with good friends who have said we, we've stopped tithing um, to you know this church that they go to. We've stopped tithing because now we, we want to. Well, we've heard some you know preaching, some really good preaching from some people um, about prosperity, and we're we're investing our tithe um, not not in a not in a interest you know making scheme not in a not in a bank but we're looking for looking for christians who are setting up businesses who need some financial assistance and we're we're loaning them this this money we're investing um and god's gonna bless us with a return and i'm like yeah well done for giving nothing um it's it's hard isn't it because i understand the logic behind it because you know god is a generous god and um he will bless you but you don't get to determine the, the terms on which God's going to bless you. Because that's just you blessing you. So if you're loaning something to someone, that's fraught with opportunities for, for hurt, for division. You know, isn't it? If something goes bad, then, oh, that was my money. What have you done? Oh, oh. It's, it's hard and it's tough. And I've, I've, you know, been honest with them and expressed some misgivings in that regard. It's no one here. Don't worry. So be thankful for what you have. Give from your wallet and your watch. Um, there's and in the middle there, not or. We don't tithe, we give our time. 
that's great. That's just because you don't want to give your money. Um, you're nearly guaranteed not to see that money again. Um, honestly, we will do good things with it. Now, yeah, John D. Rockefeller, I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars if ever I, uh, I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 per week. Um, Luke 16 verse 11 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with, every little, with very little will also be dishonest with much. And my hope is that we find a joy in giving, understanding that you are the steward of what you've received and all that he's given you. And it's a hard thing to to hear, particularly towards the middle to end of November, as Christmas is just around the corner. This is the worst time for us to schedule a giving preach. Absolutely the worst, because all you can see is money leaving over the next you know, six weeks or so. But there's Christmas, and there's this, and there's still Christmas, and there's more of Christmas for these other people. And then you know, there's that outing, that meal that the, the worker putting on, I've got to pay for that, and there's this. I'm sure there are you know, massive opportunities to, uh, to open your wallet this, uh, you know, over this period. And I'm not asking you to make a commitment now to, to any kind of giving scheme or fund or anything. All I'm doing is encouraging you to have a period of time where you, you have a look. Have a look again. Has it been a, been a year? Has it been a couple of months since you, you re-examined your finances? What position are we in? What can I give? God, I want to hear from you. Is there something that you want me to be your agent in? Is there something that I can bless someone, inspire me? And, and opening yourself up to that, you will often hear that the answer is yes. And you need to be ready for that. God, use me. Can I give to someone? Yes, this person's dropped into my heart. This person has, has come into my mind. I'm going to share it with someone and we're going to check that, you know, this is a good thing. You will hear that the answer is yes. So be careful before you pray that. Because the worst thing is to go, God, show me someone in need. Oh, it's them. Oh, and then not do anything about it. You know, we might as well, like James said, just go up to them and say, be warm and well fed. Off you go. Um, No, give that person a cloak. Um, Give them some food. So to finish then, I need to encourage you that your salvation is paid for in full through the work of Jesus. Nothing that you give will purchase your salvation. Done and dusted. Are we on board with that? The church, you don't buy your way into heaven. And I know you know that, but sometimes these talks can come across a bit like, if you're not doing this, then I question your salvation. That is not the case. And if that's come across, I can only apologize. It's meant to be an encouragement that God's got it all anyway. So be in conversation with him about what you get to keep. Okay? The sacrifice of Jesus paid for all sin. And we get to accept that totally free gift. It's a free gift. That's what grace means, isn't it? It's not just cheap. You know, it's free. So, there's a blue box at the back. It's going to be there every week if you 
if you still do, you know, the, the paper or the plastic now, isn't it, in the coins and stuff, if you still do that, that's fine. That's where that goes. Uh, if you do online, that's fine. There are gift aid forms at the back. There are standing order forms at the back that you can, um, you can automate these things. Uh, and uh, some churches I've heard, um, they, they have a book of vouchers that if you, um, if you gift aid, you can take these vouchers so that when the offering bowl comes by, you can put a voucher in saying, you know, I, I do, I do uh, not gift aid, I do standing order or I do direct debit. So you, so you don't feel bad about just passing the bowl along. You can say, no, I do give. It's okay. Helps ease your conscience. It helps show everyone else that you do give, um, which is interesting. I wonder if they tear them by color as well. Blue band for those who give this much. <coughs> Sorry. We are, we're not getting into that. We are not getting into that at all. Um, we love the generosity that we get to be a part of in blessing people who we know are not going to give back, are not going to be in a position to give back. And it's really interesting. Han will tell you so many times how um, on CAP visits, uh, Christians Against Poverty, whilst we're debt coaching uh, with people and saying, you know, we've got this budget. Um, There might be space within that budget for you to be able to give to charity as well. Um, Is that something that's important to you? And you budget it in because for some people it's like, no, I I need to do this. You know, we've got a a compassion-sponsored child as a church, but as a family as well. Um, A guy called Adam. His birthday's coming up soon, actually. Reminds me. Um, And that's great to be able to give. And Ted and Wendy, I know you're heavily involved in compassion, not just sponsoring, but also, you know, being an ambassador for them as well. And other people in, you know, Romania, and um, your, your money and your time and your efforts go elsewhere. There are, there are so many, you know, good causes which we as a church are part of um, supporting. And that's fantastic. So, you know, thank you for that. And, uh, and that, that comes from the heart and also, I believe, from God, who says, yeah, thanks for that. It's mine anyway, but, you know, thank you for being a partner with me in this. Okay, I'm going to stop, but can I just pray and... Um, and for, for many, this might have been a bit of a challenge. Uh, hopefully, it will have been an encouragement that, um, that, you know, it's all God's, that he's in control. Father God, I know that we are in, in a multitude of financial situations at the moment in this room. Father, from, from wondering where the next meal will come from, uh, through wondering what we're going to have, for, for food to, you know, to having no worries about that whatsoever. Lord, I, I just, whatever situation we're in, we thank you for our fully paid up salvation, our fully totally covered cost of, um, you know, our entrance ticket to the best party that will ever exist for all eternity. We thank you that you love us, that you want to lavish your love upon us. Father, that we get to experience your love in the financially hard times and the financially good. Father, I pray that as we think about these things, as we ponder questions and as we challenge ourselves, that we would be open to what you have to say to us. We'd be open to re-examine our giving. We'd be open to, um, to examining our hearts critically and honestly. 
May we just be totally open and honest with you as we go from here in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just to give you a heads up, the questions for small group are not easy. They are difficult questions. Do you feel it's right to live by a rule such as give 10% of your income to the local church? Can you give encouraging examples of giving to others? And then there's some statements um, like giving and tithing are separate. We should tithe a set amount and give as we are led. Or even we shouldn't be discussing this. My money is my business. Um, Or I find it hard to set aside a tithe. And this is ideally to prompt discussion amongst us because we expect each other to be totally honest in almost every other area of our lives. But we keep this hidden. And I think, actually, it would be a real encouragement in our small groups, in the safety of those settings, to, to open up about this and to, uh, to be able to help each other. But then that's me. Okay. okay thanks, Pete.